Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's your host, John Bedell. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome into Flanagan's Pub just off campus here. No John Bedell tonight, we went to the bench. I'm Mike Purvis <laughs> sitting in for John Bedell, bringing you the news on News Center 7 here at 6. Alongside me... Flyer Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski. Keith, what a huge win this game was for Dayton today. And and 70-62 is the final. It just means so much to not only win the Arch Baron Cup, of course, but also in terms of the standings, just Dayton needed this one to pull a little bit of distance away being there in third place. And, and of course, for those of you who might not have seen the final, George Mason had a lead, lost it. Duquesne wins by one point. So now Dayton sits alone in third place and really – Getting that goal of being in the top four just became a little bit more realistic today with this win and Mason loss. It does, you know, because I think with the roster that we have, only being only having eight guys that we can really play, having to win four games in four days in the A10 tournaments, just you know, that's not going to happen. But you can you can have some magic happen if you can win three games in three days. You know, maybe some cards fall your way, whatever. So you know, I think ultimately that's what we're playing for right now. Obviously, took care of business today. Uh, big game for us to uh, take care of that. At the same time, to get back a little bit of revenge from what happened earlier this season against them. You know, they just absolutely slaughtered us down there um, in, in what was just a horrible showing for us. And, you know, we kind of corrected those today, corrected all those deficiencies that we had, and hopefully we can continue on that kind of trajectory for the rest of the season. And then, you know, who knows what happens in the in the tournament. Yeah, exactly. And as we said before Coach Grant's comments is – Really, that first St. Louis game out there was probably the worst 40 minutes of basketball collectively this team has played. And I think that you could, you could probably attest to this, is that every team kind of has one of those, where there's the one game where everything goes wrong, nothing goes right, and it's just you kind of get it out of your system. So hopefully, cross fingers, we kind of saw Dayton have a more of a overall performance. I think Coach Grant said it correctly. It was a team win today. It absolutely was. I mean, everybody everybody contributed. We saw the second half was so much better than the first. And I was interested that Coach Grant called the first half a, a character half. It, it, really, <laughs> it took a special character, I think, to enjoy it, that kind of did, basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did. That first half was rough. But, you know, that's, again, we kind of talked about it earlier, joked about it earlier. That's typical kind of Dayton versus St. Louis yeah. basketball games is that ugly basketball. But second half, we were able to settle in, knock some shots down. Uh, you know, really find a flow and open things up for a little bit. And, you know, we, we had a, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a comfortable margin. We had a little bit of a margin that we were working with for the, a majority of the second half. And, and SLU put a couple of, you know, back-to-back baskets to cut it to five, cut it to four right around there. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I, I think we were a little bit more comfortable in the second half than we were in the first. And, and not to take away anything from SLU, I think we saw in both these games, particularly this one, why SLU – is was predicted to win the conference is they're a very they're, God, they're, their defensive abilities are so good i, I yeah. thought that you know vcu's press was tough but dayton didn't really have a hard time breaking it we saw at least right there at the end of the game their slew through that press on dayton had to call timeouts so it was really the 
in my opinion, I thought that press was a little bit better than what we saw VCU, but VCU brings it consistently, so that's kind of uh, tough to take there. But it was just that complete win. It was everything that they, they needed. They needed 13 points from Cunningham. They needed the 17 from Crutcher. Mike Sell with 12, the double-double from Obi. It just everybody had a little bit into it, and it wasn't just one player taking over the game, and it also wasn't a solid 40 minutes. It was really just a solid 20 minutes there in the second half. There's so, so much of a tale of two halves, though. It was, and, and you know, the guys that you mentioned, obviously you said everybody steps up. Ryan Mikesell always steps up. Yep. You may not, you know, most of the times we're always talking about Ryan Mikesell as good as he does and as productive as he is, but it doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. Uh, and then Trey Landers gave us some really, really good minutes mm -hmm. and some really good production off the bench as well today. So, you know, I, you, you can't say enough. This is the type of basketball that you want to continue to have. You want to continue to play uh, going into March, going into conference tournament season. And, and like we keep saying, you know, whatever, maybe we, we have a chance. we got nothing to lose going into the conference tournament. So, you know, give ourselves a shot. Maybe we can make some magic happen. Well, that's a reminder real quick on how you can participate here in this show for you here on Flyer Feedback, 457-1290 if you're on your way over here. You can always give us a call here to uh, give your comments or questions for Keith or I. Also, uh, you can also tweet us. Use the hashtag Flyer Feedback. Uh, we'll take a look at those if we can read those on the air. Or you can also join in on the Bud Light mic if you are here at Flanagan's Pub to uh, give your two cents here for this Huge Dayton win here, and I, I think uh, looking, we talked to Keith about how important that is, uh, this game was for the standings. Looking, a obviously you don't know what's going to happen over these last four games, but with that Duquesne win today, uh, Duquesne beating George Mason, that means Duquesne now is in a tie for fourth place. It really seems like that last game in Pittsburgh, which is on the ninth, very easily could determine who goes into second in the A-10 or who goes into fifth. It really that game, it seems like it's going to be so pivotal. We don't want to look too far ahead, but I'll tell you what, that's just kind of what we're seeing right now with this A-10 right now is anybody can beat anybody, and it's kind of setting up for a good matchup there at the end where I, at least I've circled that one there on the, my calendar. You know, it is, and that's the thing about Dayton's A-10 schedule, what we've been the past couple of years, is the last, I mean, last couple of years minus last year but we've basically been playing vcu last game of the season like winners a conference champion right so mm -hmm. we've been in this situation before um you know slightly different you're playing for something last game of the season like there's still meaningful games right mm -hmm. which is a good thing because you want to have something to to work towards not just saying you know we're trying to develop guys on the bench or we're trying to get some guys experience being in that situation kind of stinks but you're playing something they're meaningful games we got a tough kind of end of the season conference schedule stretch which is good, you know. I, yeah, Coach Grant joked about it this morning. It's a character, <laughs> or uh, just earlier, that's a character-building first half. But this is a, a character-building second half of the conference season too, especially with some young guys. And I know uh, you, we got some guys that are sitting out right now that are watching all this happen, and hopefully they kind of at least get an idea of the atmosphere, get an idea of what the league is like, and hopefully when they step in next year, we can just hit the ground running. And how many times has this been said? How difficult is it to teach a culture of winning and how and to get that going? You saw the team kind of struggle a little bit last year, but like you said, with only losing Josh next year, it seems like not only is this crucial to how this team develops to finish out the season, but you hit on it there too. It's getting that winning mentality within the program, setting the tone for these younger guys to carry on, getting them all that experience. I can't help but think that somebody like Dwayne Cohill, for example, is a guy who just immediately pops in my mind as somebody who's going to benefit tremendously for this stretch run in the a10 conference absolutely he is and, and again the guys that are the guys that are sitting out not to constantly look towards next year but it, they're practicing with the team every single day they're around this every single day so it's not like they're just showing up in the summer 
before their freshman year and having to pick up a whole new system or a whole new ideology of what's going on. They're in it. They're doing everything but playing in the games. And I can personally speak from experience about how much that helps sitting out as a redshirt year. You know, and physically I needed that year to develop. But, you know, you're a part of everything that you do, whether it's school, study hall, weights, uh, conditioning, you know, how this team operates on the road trips, um, you know, just every last little detail you're in except for the games. So I think they're just going to benefit a ton, and, and hopefully, you know, we're learning things, we're picking things up along the way. I want to talk more about that. You hit on a point I talked about, about how difficult the month of February is in the season. I want to talk about that when we come back. Absolutely. You have to take a quick break for uh, news, weather, and traffic, an update there from our WHIO studios. We're back with the second half of Flyer Feedback here from Flanagan's Pub here in just a few moments. You're listening to the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. Good evening. I'm Dave Daniels with this WHIO news update. Our top story, rainy and warm this evening, but high winds and cooler temperatures are headed our way tomorrow. We're tracking spring-like weather here in the Miami Valley this evening. I'm going to tell you what you can expect coming up. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up next. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. We're looking good this hour on your Miami Valley highways and byways. No accidents or delays to tell you about. If you're southbound on 75 from Interstate 70 down to Route 35, that nine-mile drive should take you about nine minutes. Our top story, rainy and warm around the Miami Valley this evening, but some high winds and colder temperatures are coming. Steady rain showers will move into the Miami Valley right around dinner time, and a few thunderstorms may be possible. Isolated strong to a severe thunderstorm is possible. Temperatures are going to be into the 50s. Wind gusts are going to develop to over 40 miles per hour. For Sunday, we're going to have a southwest wind with 25 to 35 miles per hour and gusts up to 55 to 60 miles miles per hour. Storm Center 7 meteorologist Molly Coates is back in moments with her exclusive WHIO forecast. A judge in Chicago sets R&B singer R. Kelly's bond at $1 million Saturday. Yesterday, Robert Kelly was indicted before a Cook County grand jury on 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse involving four victims. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox, three of those four alleged victims are underage. And reports coming out of Texas that a large cargo jet crashed near Houston this afternoon. The Amazon Prime Air 767, operated by Atlas Air, reportedly lost radio contact about 30 miles southeast of Bush Airport and went down in Trinity Bay, according to television station KHOU. The Chamber County Sheriff's Department says all three people on board were killed. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Molly Coates. Our next system arrives in the Miami Valley towards dinner time, and that's going to bring us the chances to see some rain showers and a few isolated thunderstorms possible. Temperatures are going to be into the 50s as we head into the e this evening, but then falling into the lower 40s with those showers and thunderstorms to continue into our overnight hours. Wind gusts are going to develop to over 40 miles per hour. For Sunday, a few 
isolated showers will be possible into the morning time. Temperatures are going to be right around 46 degrees, but temperatures will fall throughout the day as colder air begins to sweep in. We're going to have a southwest wind with 25 to 35 miles per hour and gusts up to 55 to 60 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar. We are seeing that rain moving into the Miami Valley this hour. Some heavy rain down in Butler and Preble counties as well, extending over into Warren, Clinton, and Greene counties. It is 43 degrees now in Eaton, 47 in Springfield, and 50 degrees in Dayton at 634. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Catholic Social Services of the Miami Valley strengthens individuals and families in need through acts of faith, service, and charity. We're talking with Laura Resch, CEO of Catholic Social Services Miami Valley. Catholic Social Services, Laura, serves a, a really large region, serving 10 counties in all. I would imagine you see a, a lot of variety in your work. What, what kind of challenges does that present? Yes, and each community has unique challenges which change over time and also incredible assets that we can build upon as well. Our mission, though, is timeless, and our mission never changes, and it's rooted in the gospel call to love and care and serve neighbors in need, and how we do that may change, but the mission itself is perfect, and it never changes. So, Laura, how can people help? We would invite uh, all your listeners, Larry, to visit www.cssmv.org, make a gift of financial support, or join our team of 350 dedicated, awesome volunteers who help bring our mission to life every day. It's a common highway hazard. Shredded tire pieces in your path. It's just making havoc for our cars. The damage to your car and the risk of a wreck makes it a serious problem. It can completely shred your fender, take out some wiring. Some calls. New centers. 7 consumer reporter Rachel Murray investigates the process that may be to blame for this road hazard and tells you the one thing all drivers can do to avoid costly repairs and save lives. Tire trouble, Monday beginning at 5.30 on News Center 7. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Bud Light? Just check the packaging. We brew with hops, barley, water, and rice. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Coors Light? You can't check the packaging. You have to go to their website, download a PDF, and scroll to page three. There it is. Coors Light brews with hop extract, barley, water, and corn syrup. Bud Light, brewed with no corn syrup. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer AB St. Louis, Missouri. Based on information available at MillerCourse.com as of January 16, 2019. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And Flyer fans, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub here for Flyer Feedback. A big win here for your Dayton Flyers, 70-62. to 62. The Flyers bring home the Arch Baron Cup here, and it will stay in Dayton over the summer. I'm Michael Purvis, UD Hall of Famer Keith Waskowski sitting next to me, and a couple reminders here of how you can join in on the program, 457-1290. Give us a call. 
to uh, get your comments and questions in to Keith and I. Also, you can tweet us using uh, hashtag flyer feedback. I'll be looking for that. We can go to the Bud Light mic as well. I'll be heading over to time here in just a second. And uh, But uh, what a uh, what a big game this was. And actually, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go right to Tom because you know what? I, I, th- I want to hear from you, Tom. It's so good to see you. Hey. You got you got a fan Mike base got some too. fans tonight, Tom. Yeah, I know. Better be good. <laughs> they usually have to talk to my agent, but you know. No, I I, I think pers- my wife thinks that Hassan French works during the week for uh, uh, Budweiser Stack and Kegs, and that he may not have ever seen the inside of a classroom in his life. So I mean that's just an opinion from, you know, an innocent bystander. But but uh, uh, I I think one of the one of the great things about the Flyers, we've, we've had guys in the past that if they fumble the ball out of bounds or uh, a shot doesn't go in that they should make, they kind of hang their heads. And I'm not seeing that on anybody at all on this team at all. They just go on to the next play, keep their head up, and play hard. And, and uh, I think that's uh, remarkable to tribute to Anthony Grant. I think it is, too. I think it's a... It's a- Tremendous thing for kids to be able to do that. I, I wish I could get my sixth grade team to just move on. Um, but, you know, I, I think it is that it, for these kids to be able to learn from the mistakes but not carry it over and compound the mistakes, right? Don't, don't turn a turnover into a turnover and a foul and one and give up, you know, not just the possession but give up an extra three points on top of it. Um, you know, I think Anthony does a, a really, really good job of – not only coaching but teaching these guys so they understand you know different parts of the game different aspects of the game you know and i think you're you're right on with them that they don't hang their heads they move right on you can you know clap your hands okay i made a mistake this is it move on i'm not going to do it again or i'm going to make up for it and make a really good play so you know you know they even rebounded from getting uh absolutely mauled at st louis absolutely you know it doesn't seem to bother them we've, we've had we've had teams I mean, I've been watching 45 years. That would have that would have ruined their season right there. Well, you know, it's it, it, it's a little bit of motivation for us too to not let that happen because I'm sure they watch they watch the video after it happened, and then before you play this game, you know, we're gonna put that back in your heads. This is what happened the last time, and remind you guys, you better get angry about it because we're not gonna let it happen again. And uh, they obviously responded. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank thank you. you, Tom. Appreciate that. Once again, uh, 457-1290, also you can join us here on the Bud Light Mike. I, I do want to talk about that because, you know, there has been some, some talk about coaching and anything, but I think we have seen overall this team has found a way to mature, to find a way to handle some of those situations. There, there's been a lot of roller coaster times, but I think Tom hit the nail on the head there. They don't get overly excited about one thing, but they also don't get really down about another. It's kind of even keel, like, all the way through, and I think that has a lot to do with the culture that – the coaching staff has brought in for one. I think also the fact that what we've heard from the start of this season that this team generally just likes each other. Yeah, they do. And they get they get along with each other. They and they so far we've seen they do play pretty well together as well. Oh, they do. And, and you know we've had a few bad apples along the way that aren't with us anymore. And that I mean that can really really just tear apart a locker room when you got one or two guys like that because you know the negativity can be infectious. So at the same time the positivity can and these guys got got each other's backs and especially when you you only got eight guys on the bench coaches are coaching they really want these guys to do well they're developing their characters like we've talked about um you know can't say enough about that as a fan as an alum 
Uh, you, we've got good character guys that are there now. That's that, that's really good, and, and eventually this is going to turn into winning games for us. Well, and, and it's even like we just talked about is that how difficult is it to teach winning, you know, to bring a winning culture and to, to kind of get to that ability to win. And you got to have, like you said, you have to have everybody buy into it. you got to have players that like playing well together. And it just seems like the seeds have been – kind of sewn for this program for not only the rest of this season, but also going forward as well with all these players who are, as we're at least we're seeing, are buying in right now. It is, and it's, you know, it's really tough to hold a team to a standard of winning and, you know, certain things not being acceptable, but at the same time for them to be able to keep their heads, to not get down on themselves, not know that, you know, okay, I'm getting yelled at here, the coach is going to be on me, or I'm going to come out of the game, or I'm going to lose playing time. You know, to be able to learn and to move past it, and, and they've just mentally at times they've been tough, which, you know, different times of the season we've seen, you know, down the stretch of games we haven't been able to finish. Uh, but, you know, I think we're just constantly learning and growing every single game, and I'm sure that they're, you know, in the locker room, in the video room, in practice, uh, kind of reinforcing all those principles too. Yeah, four five seven twelve ninety. Once again, a reminder, if you want to call in for your questions and comments, you can also hit the Bud Light mic. That's what we're going to do right now. I Give me your name and where you're from, and we'll go I'm from there. Dan from Dayton. Hey, Dan, how you Keith doing? love watching you play when you play at a UD. Maui tournament, remember all that? I do, thank you. That was, those I are love, good memories. I hold on to those ones. Love watching you play, even though I'm a CJ guy. That's all right. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> hey, what, what's the rule at home on the showing the replays on the video screen? I think we lose a little of the home field advantage when we can't show the controversial plays. I, I mean, yeah. the pro basketball, they show all, or pro football, they show the controversial plays. If you get the fans more fired up, it makes the home field or the home floor a little more advantage. You're right. Um, I don't know if there's a rule on that or if it's just a general policy. I mean, you try to shy away from starting too much controversy and making it too unruly of an environment. At times, that can work against you. Um, but, you know, I agree. Sometimes you want to see, even as fans, you just want to see a replay of, I saw it the first time. Did I see it right? Let me look to the, let, let's see what's going on. Because we've all been there. You're watching games with your buddies and, you know, hold on. Either let me rewind it or the replay's coming up. And, oh, yeah, I was right or I was wrong or whatever. And, I, you know, I know that happened a couple of times. And um, I think generally they just try to stay away from some of the controversy. At the professional level, I think it's a little bit different of a story. Maybe they're trying to sway the crowd or, or, or sway the referees to their advantage. So, um like I said, I think it's just a general policy. Well, if you got any poll, tell me we want to see more replays <laughs> on the controversial. But, play. you know, and there, and there was one that came up. Um, I think the whole arena wanted a shot or wanted to, the, we had a shot clock violation, yeah. but the ball hit the rim. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the rule is it's got to be an intentional shot for it to hit the rim. And the first shot went up and it air banked. Mm -hmm. And we got a rebound and it was a fumble and it just kind of squirted out like a, like a bar of soap and hit the rim. Yeah. That doesn't count. It wasn't a shot. And uh, I confirmed with the shot clock operator at halftime that that's the rule, right? It's got to be a shot. And, and it's like, all right, I, you know, I knew, I knew you knew the rule and you got it right. And not everybody knows that, but I got your back. I'll give you a shout out there. There you go. Well, so, hey, we'll see. We'll see if we have any poll on that. We'll see if we can work on that. <laughs> Once again, hey, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Four five seven twelve ninety Bud Light Mike. If you're here at uh, Flanagan's Pub, also the uh, the hashtag Fire Feedback. I wanted to, I wanted to mention that. Uh, you are now the keeper of the surfboard here, you know, the uh, under four timeout. You got the, the Maui surfboard here, uh, Dayton going to Maui next year. So, obviously, you said some good memories out there. Dayton gets to go back out there again next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. I know I can't wait for that. Yeah, that should be that should be really good for the team. Uh, yeah, I think the surfboard has to, a few promotional appearances to make around the town. 
So it's not like uh, it's not like I got that thing strapped oh, to the hood or anything darn. like that. I wish that'd have been fun. What are you doing with the Dayton surfboard strapped to your hood? But uh, put it down in the man cave. Heck, you might. Heck, if it, you might go out of your car right now, it might not even be there if you had it strapped down. So <laughs> that's right. I have to bring it in here. <laughs> might not. Some might not walk away with it. But I wanted to talk a, a little bit more about um, about plus minus. You and I were talking um, off the air, and uh, I saw a great picture from. Uh, one of the uh, one of the some of the people out there on Twitter world, you know, Mike Ryan Mike Selly delivers the plus minus. You know, once again another stellar performance. He had a, a plus of plus eleven today. But we always mention, I think you and I were talking about how it doesn't always tell a full story. And Trey was minus five in this game today, and we both agree that he brought so much more to the table in this game than what his stats are going to show. And I think we normally say that about Ryan, and I think Trey is definitely a perfect example of that today. 17 minutes, minus five, though, eight points in the game. He just was such more of a solid contributor off the bench. And that stat doesn't always tell the full story, though. No, it doesn't. When you look at it over the course of a season, um, you know, it could, be, it could be very informational, right? And, for example, a guy like Ryan Mikesell, who, you know, he doesn't do anything really flashy. He's not playing above the rim, getting tons of dunks. But he's just steady Eddie, you know, going to get you 10, 12, 15 points. Uh, you know, eight rebounds, seven, eight rebounds, three, four assists, a couple of blocks, a couple of steals. You know, frequently you're looking at your buddy saying, man, Ryan Michaels really having a game. Let's see what he's doing. And nothing really jumps off the stat sheet to you. Yep. But he's he keeps the team together. He's always making really heady plays, playing really smart. And he makes other guys around him better. So it's not necessarily showing up on the stat sheet for him, but it's showing up on the stat sheet for guys like Obi Toppin or Josh Cunningham or Jalen Crutcher, right? Or, uh, you know, kicking balls out to Jordan Davis and knocking down three. So um, you're right. I, I think if you just look at stat lines today with Trey Landers, I think he was better than uh, a minus five in the plus minus mm-hmm. um, versus Dwayne Cohill, who, you know, missed a couple of shots, didn't really do much of anything on offense for us as far as production, but he was a seven yeah. and the dip or, or plus seven and plus minus. And the difference is, you know, Dwayne Cohill has just been absolutely engaged more than anybody I've seen in this team in a long time on defense. And he, I mean, clapping his hands, moving his feet. I mean, he is driving the defense and earning himself minutes on the defensive end. And he kind of sets the tone on that end for us when he's in, make sure that he's getting everything he he can out of getting stops and going down to the other end, making sure that teams aren't building leads aren't cutting into leads or anything like that when he's on the court and let's look at it this way is that you have a guy who's injured for the rest of the season and jerry matos who's one of your lockdown guards now you have cohill who is certainly turning into that and you and i talked about it i love his attitude isabel tried to drive on him a couple times there in the first half and i wrote it down you saw isabel and and right as he backed off he just just did that clap just a little bit of his face forced an air ball and then a turnover I mean, it's just that it's that kind of attitude. I want to. I think everybody wants to see him carry throughout all facets of his game. Because if he can start developing a little bit of that shot, kind of get a little more consistent, man, he's, a, he's he can be a dominant player. Yeah, and your teammates feed off of that too. If you got one guy that's working that hard on defense, especially if he's out front and you see him working that hard, you're going to do the same thing because you don't want to let him down. And so yeah, yeah, he's just great mentality uh great engagement on defense hopefully he can keep that up and you know hopefully turn that into a little bit of offense for himself and, ex- and i think that maybe and let's we can hope for his future development that 
you know, being such a good high school scorer, that maybe it's something that will start to come naturally as he kind of gets in comfortable in the program, comfortable in, uh, and being in school and everything else. And I think that maybe that slowly starts to come to a guy who knows how to put the ball in the hoop too. Yeah, well, you know, especially at this level as, as players continue to develop, as they continue to learn, things that become more natural, right? Not having to think about where I'm going, not having to think about what I'm doing on defense. When you're just, when you're just locked in and engaged and it, and it comes naturally, you can start thinking about the other things as far as elevating your game. And I, I think he's definitely to that point. And, you know, sure he's in practice. Hopefully he's in practice getting extra shots up and working on that offensive end of his game too and continuing to, to develop at this level because, you know, we talked about he was a great scorer in high school, but it's not as easy to just get to the basket against everybody in, in college. And I think a lot of times when you maybe have that persona that, hey, I'm going to be an offensive guy, that maybe the other parts of your game don't always get, you know, they don't always come out. Well, with this one, we've seen that he doesn't get the points, but he can shut down defensively. We're going to talk more about that. We have to have to take a uh, quick little break here on the other side of it. Have a couple more uh, fans here waiting. We have a phone call as well. We'll bring up the home half of Flyer Feedback on the other side of this break. You are listening to Flyer Feedback on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hello, Brooklyn. The Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship returns to the bright lights of Barclays Center. Join your team for five days of tournament madness. March 13th through 17th at the iconic Brooklyn Arena. Purchase tickets now at the ticket office of your favorite A-10 institution at Barclays Center Box Office, BarclaysCenter.com, Ticketmaster.com, or by calling Ticketmaster at 800-745-3000. Come to Brooklyn and cheer your team to a title in the NCAA Tournament. Hello, Tri-State. Are you wondering why everyone is buying a Joseph Chevrolet on Coleraine? Is it their free lifetime warranty on all 2019 Chevrolets? Or their free oil changes for the first three years? Or how about their huge selection of over 1,000 vehicles in stock? The decision is easy. Find new roads and get in the game and save today at josephchevrolet.com or drive south to Joseph Chevrolet on Coleraine. Heart is on the line, you want to know that you're receiving the highest level of care. The award-winning heart and vascular care teams at Kettering Health Network are devoted to getting you back to the things you love. Heart and vascular care at Kettering Health Network is a comprehensive program that includes prevention, diagnosis, and treatment options for heart and vascular diseases. Prevention starts with knowing your risks. Schedule an affordable heart screen with Kettering Health Network. Visit KetteringHealth.org slash heartcare to sign up today chances to see some rain showers and a few isolated thunderstorms possible. A few of those could come out a little bit on the stronger end. Temperatures are going to be into the 50s as we head into this evening, but then falling into the lower 40s with those showers and thunderstorms to continue into our overnight hours. Wind gusts are going to develop to over 40 miles per hour. For Sunday, a few isolated showers will be possible into the morning time. Temperatures are going to be right around 46 degrees, but temperatures will fall. Our wind Wind gusts are going to be the main impact for the day. I'm meteorologist Molly Coates on the Miami Valley. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Time now for the home stretch of Flyer Feedback here from Flanagan's Pub. 
So alongside me, I'm Mike Purvis. Sitting next to me, Keith Wallace-Skalski. We got jacked phone lines right now. We also got uh, somebody here at the Bud Light, Mike Udy Santa here coming up. Who, not in costume, I guess, but yeah. what do you got for us here from the yeah. Bud Light, Mike? Yeah, Jerry from Beaver Creek, and I just want to say this team has shown tremendous fortitude over the last five or six games. Just solid play, no quit attitude, and bringing whatever they can to try to finish off the games. And I'm real impressed with their performance. Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the things we mentioned is that I know that the stats have not always backed up Dayton's performances in the last eight minutes, in the last four minutes, but I think we saw, at least against Davidson and particularly today, they had enough to do what they needed to do. More so today, they had enough and kind of really just was kept it out of reach for St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. They, you, they've they showed a lot of grit. Um, you know, even in the loss against VCU, they showed a lot of grit. Um, definitely capable. And, you know, the thing that the thing that's kind of tough is, uh, you know, again, with, with a short bench, battling some injuries, um, when we have one of those games that's off, it's a little bit more glaringly evident, right? Because guys have those nights, and, and there's nothing you can do about it other than hope that your defense sticks out enough to, to make up for the offense, or the lack of offense, I should say. And, you know, I, I, to your credit, I, I think it's a perfect comment. These guys really have stuck in there. They don't let stuff bother them. They turn around if something does bad does happen they don't let it bother them if anything it's a motivation so hopefully we can keep that rolling for for the next couple of games anyway yeah go flowers i think they're gonna do well in the tournament this year too right, thank hope you, Jerry. so appreciate that let's hope thank that you. once again four five seven twelve ninety bud light mike you can also uh get your last comments and questions in here as we are finishing up here on this edition of flyer feedback we're gonna head to the hotline though dayton daily news beat writer david jablonski gonna be joining us here from the arena David, a big win here for the this Flyers team. Uh, I'd like to hear uh, what was going on there after post game. It sounded like uh, kind of interested in kind of what uh, everyone was feeling after this game here. Well, I think everybody feels pretty good about this win. I mean, you turn a 13 point loss around and win by eight. Uh, you know, really clinched that victory in the last 10 minutes, and it wasn't nearly as uh, tense as uh, the last two games have been. One point games. Uh, one went the Flyers' way. One didn't. So uh, a little bit of a breather, not really. I mean, still had to overcome a 10-point uh, deficit in the first half, as usual, but Dayton's used to that. Uh, but uh, really, uh, you know, an impressive performance all the way around. It really was there. I was also uh, impressed with, with Crutcher and kind of just the guards' ability, in the, uh, particularly in the second half. The, you know, they did attempt 11 threes there in the second half. They made seven of them, but at least from, from my eyes, David, it definitely seemed like the perimeter shooting was definitely a big difference there, particularly in the second half, something we really haven't been able to say all year. Yeah, I think they were 2 of 10 when Crutcher made that uh, three-pointer uh, in the final seconds of the first half, which is Sounds like we might have lost David. We'll try to get him back here. I think that was something that we were mentioning um, a, a little bit, Keith, was uh, we'll work to get David back here in just a few moments. But, you know, th this this team has is definitely struggled throughout the season shooting the three. We know that. We know that this team does best when the ball gets into the paint. They allow Obi, They allow Josh. They allow even Ryan to kind of do what they do in the post. But for once today, we can walk out of the arena saying, hey, their perimeter shooting was a big difference for once in a good way. It was, and I think if you look at the, at the type of shots that we were getting, right, so there were still three-pointers, we were knocking them down, but the ball was coming from inside out. Guys were open, guys were stepping in. You penetrate the defense, get guys to collapse on you, kick it out, guys are open, stepping into a shot with a good look at the basket, and, and you're going to make a lot more of those than you are 
passing it around and then having to heave something at the end of the court or at the end of the shot clock. And I, I tweeted this out in the middle of the game is that it's certainly the, this the blueprint to beating Dayton really isn't that difficult. It, it's kind of limiting the what they can do inside and letting everybody shoot from the outside. But it certainly seems like maybe this starts to kind of give a little bit more film for some of the other schools to look at, especially down the stretch here to look and say, okay, maybe, you know, Jordan Davis, if he can if he can hit a three, then, you know, that they might be in a good – they can stretch the defense out a little bit. Right. You know, well, not you, just Jordan, though, but specifically Jordan, I guess yeah, I'm looking at. Yeah. And, and you definitely need those guys to stretch the defense. And, and like I said, I think if you can work it, you can penetrate, you can kick out, you got to keep defenses a little bit more honest and hopefully, uh, you know, prevents them from just thinking that we could just go zone and uh, – and have it be an easy game because, you know, we've struggled against zones a little bit this year. But when guys are confident, they're knocking down shots and we're playing the right way. And it gives, you know, not only does it give film to our opponents to say, you know, these guys can shoot a little bit. It gives film to our coaching staff to be able to say, you know, here's one of the reasons why you're made threes. Why is our percentage so so much better tonight? We'll look at the quality of the shots that we were taking and what was happening before we got to the shot and what led up to the shot. And if we can play that style of basketball, then, you know, absolutely, we're going to knock down some more shots. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's do that for each other. And for shooters, sometimes shooters just got to shoot always. You never uh, know where right. they're going to fall. 457-1290 is what we, uh, is the number you can get your final comments in. Our last caller of the night, we're going to go to Bob's from Dayton. Bob, you have uh, some thoughts on the game here. Uh, make a quick, got about a minute. Okay, well, it will be quick because I'll just uh, back up what you've been saying all, all night long, but in a different way, and that is it's all about guard play and an inside presence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. I think that nail on the head there, kind of what we've been talking about, is that if, if the guard play can lead to good post play, I, I think this team certainly seems some, at times unbeatable, particularly in conference play. It is. And, and, and just you know, the challenge is. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I know, I know I'm, I'm on the clock here. Uh, <laughs> somebody did a really good job on Javon Best tonight. I don't know if it was one player or it was by committee, but, uh, but cooling him off was really a key to the win, I think. Yeah, because he definitely had an off night from the field, and you know, guys, guys struggle there, and and hopefully uh, you get him to lay back a little bit on defense too. So yeah, best with six total points, 0 for five from three. Definitely one of the guys who you would say uh, did not have a great game, and kind of was the difference in that one too. Good point there, Bob. Thanks for your call as always. Thank you all for participating here in this edition of Flyer Feedback. Well, that's going to do it here for us. Next game for the Flyers is going to be at UMass on Tuesday. The game is at 7 p.m. Our coverage here on WHIO starts at 6 p.m. with the Bud Light pregame show. Uh, For my uh, partner, Keith Wallaskowski, the Hall of Famer, I'm Michael Purvis. Thank you all once again for, uh, for your participation here in Flyer Feedback. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Flyers! From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.